Hello and welcome to Surviving HG, the truth about plant medicine podcast. I'm your Canadian host, Tori Moline, and I can't wait to share with you all the brave untold stories of women who faced hyperemesis gravidarum and courageously chose to use plant medicine. These stories carry with them raw experiences, brave vulnerability, and ultimately the intuitive powers HG moms have deep within inside of us. This podcast marries two untalked about subjects, HG and the generation of women who were silenced and the natural yet stigmatized powers of the cannabis plant. HG is the picture-perfect illness candidate for cannabis, but because it involves pregnancy and growing a baby, doctors in the medical world are reluctant to try it and to recommend it. Decades worth of propaganda still contributes to many people, including these doctors, outlook on plant medicine. In some places like the UK or Texas, for example, HG moms who choose to use cannabis out of survival to save them and their baby are persecuted. In other places, HG moms are given a hard time by social workers, family members, partners, hospital staff, and their OB and midwife. HG moms deserve justice after centuries of suffering. HG moms deserve to know about plant medicine as an option during HG pregnancies. HG moms deserve to know there are other women fighting just like them and making the brave decision to go against the social norms and choose plant medicine. HG moms need education, resources, and community after centuries of being deprived from it. These stories you are about to hear are from moms who bravely shared them in hopes of helping create change for future HG generations. These stories deserve to be heard. These stories deserve to be protected. And these stories deserve to be shared and listened to. These are the untold stories of HG plant medicine moms. Well, today I am so excited because I'm going to be interviewing a fellow TikTok content creator. Her name is Clarissa. She's from New Jersey. And Clarissa, I can definitely say, is probably one of the first people to ever um, record her HG pregnancy where she chose to use plant medicine onto social media. She is one of the first people who has ever done that. And I think that is so brave and courageous of her. Uh, Clarissa, like I said, is a content creator on TikTok. She posts a lot of information about HG and plant medicine and offers the education that so many of us need when we're thrown into that situation. She always offers such a safe space on her page for people with HG to go to, and she helps them as best as she can. And she does this all while having a one at home. And since recording this episode, she is actually pregnant again. And so she is showcasing that as well on her TikTok. And so it is just so cool that now in 2023, we're able to do that and to share our experiences with others. And through that, find our community and say, hey, you know, that happened to me too. And through uniting in such a way perhaps we can create change. And so here we go. I'm just so excited for you all to hear her story. Here she is, Clarissa. All right. Today, I'm so excited because I get the opportunity to chat with another HG mom. Um, this HG mom's name is Clarissa. Hi, Clarissa. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so excited for you to share your story um, on here today with me and with other HG moms like around the world. I think that our stories have the power to be impactful um, in other moms' lives and in the world. So yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to get this started. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So you had your first uh baby here. How old is your baby right now? She is six months. <laughs> oh, very sweet. Um, so you started to experience HG at the beginning of your pregnancy is that correct uh yes so um it wasn't my first time having HG because I've had a previous pregnancy that I had HG as well mm -hmm. um but things didn't really go well that way but when I had it with Madeline I had it immediately <laughs> okay <laughs> and I had it throughout the whole pregnancy 
I see. So with your uh, rainbow baby, when did that take place? Um, I got pregnant in October of 2020. Okay. Yeah. And 2020, 2021. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. 2021. So uh, with that pregnancy, were you using plant medicine? Were you using pharmaceuticals? So, uh, I had a prescription previously. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I got the prescription maybe like a year before, um, for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I have anxiety. I have issues with sleeping. I have issues with eating. Um, and it was something that was prescribed to me for my back pain as well as like the fact that I have PCOS. Mm -hmm. So when I got it and I got HG, I stopped, but at the same time, I still suffer with these ailments. And the, on top of the fact that like I started vomiting, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. And it just kept getting worse. I would throw up 20 times a day, 30 times a day, and I couldn't function. And it was like that my whole pregnancy, if I didn't consume, and it was the only thing that was like helping. You decided that you were, you know, struggling so hard as all these HD moms are, but you also had other things you were dealing with too. I can't even imagine how hard that must have been. And so what made you decide that, um, you know, cannabis was something you were going to stick with no matter what? I guess those around you or, and we'll get to your kind of hospital experience later, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what made you really trust your intuition about cannabis, I guess? It was the research I did. Um, I had to do a lot of personal research because when I was online back then, and that was like a year ago, so that wasn't even that long ago. Yep. It like, there wasn't really anybody out there talking about this and there I didn't really know there. anyone. There so I just I had to start doing research and and I didn't find anything conclusive with any risk considering the pills that the doctors were trying to like push down my throat and weren't working. Right, right. Did you were you able to find um like any other moms who had HG like maybe they weren't producing content but were you able to like connect to any other HG moms online? Oh, 100%. Like the first time I ever uh, consumed on camera. Um, it was a tincture and I was talking about it. And a lot of moms were like, oh my God, like same, because I was like really, really sick. And I was talking about how sick I was back then. So it was, I, that's the thing is that I like posted about it every single day from the second I found out I was pregnant now that's so, so i've always talked about it <laughs> yeah that's so brave of you and i i really do feel like you kind of pioneered that because so many moms were so many moms who consume plant medicine uh don't post daily of their experience like during pregnancy and postpartum and so i think what you did was really really special like it, it's it, it feels really good because i i opened up about it and i i took the hate And don't get me wrong, I was very vulnerable because I was having a really hard time when I was pregnant. But Mm -hmm. I took the hate. But then with that hate, I got almost double of the positivity and then even more positivity and more positivity. So more people were cycling through my page and I kept getting deleted. (laughs) Yes, I can relate to that one for sure. You said you have had to make about eight different TikTok accounts now, right? Yep, I'm on my ninth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and so for those listening, um, Clarissa's current TikTok accounts are, do you want to just fill them in so they can give you a follow? Of course. <laughs> so I have at Nefertiti. Um, I have Canamama Drama. Uh, Canamama's Drama, sorry. Uh, Canamama's Baby Drama and then Canamama's Baby Drama 2.0. That's right. Perfect. And I think uh, I've got some captions on this, so we, I should be able to get those typed out for everyone to follow later. Perfect. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you had, you've grown kind of eight different accounts um, and you've dealt with a lot of the hate that comes with TikTok accounts. Um, I think any TikTok uh, creator can kind of relate to that. But I think as HG moms, like we are talking about something so personal and so like 
not detrimental to us, but like impactful. Vulnerable. Vulnerable, <laughs> yes. Um, and so to take that hate while trying to share your truth and help others is can de- definitely take a toll. So how do you how do you handle some of the hate that you get, I guess? Um, what are like different kind of like coping mechanisms, I guess, for that? <laughs> so I like sit down with um, my fiance and I just, I read them to him and he's like, what? And we just kind of <laughs> laugh about it. <laughs> okay, okay. I can specifically remember one comment that like stays in my mind. It was like, oh, my friend's baby went blind because of it. I was just like, what? Oh my gosh. What that those kind of comments really get me because it's people commenting on behalf of other people's babies. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just sometimes I try and picture it. I'm like, okay, I'm this random 40-year-old mom sitting down on my phone on TikTok. I see a video that I don't agree with, and I'm gonna comment like what? That just really blows my mind personally. Hey, I've gotten some I've gotten some crazy ones. I think I've made videos of replying to the crazy ones. I always reply to my hate comments. I have to. It kind of really makes a statement though. It's it's good. But as long as like it's not too much on you and you are um realizing that you're you're a, a good person doing good things and know what they're what they're saying. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, like I know some of my videos can come out a little hostile, but it is I, I make some joke videos sometimes. I remember uh, I made one video where I was like fake crying about how like I because I, I put myself into their narrative. Right. So I, I was like, you know, like, OK, so I'm a druggie and I'm a this and I'm that. And, I, you know, I need to accept it. And I would like fake cry while saying it. And everybody's like, oh, my God, I believed you for a second. I was like, no, I'm like joking. <laughs> Look at what I post about <laughs> coping with. I mean, like humor is good. It's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 funny. Like I, I especially when I was pregnant, I was still pregnant and making some of these videos, and I didn't care. That's right. <laughs> I do remember. I remember pregnant Clarissa making TikToks. It's oh my god, away, but I do remember it. I think yes, we must have connected on TikTok maybe like beginning of summertime ish or like spring. Or yes, it, it had to have been spring. When was Madeline born? Madeline was born in June. June. Okay, yes. We must have connected for sure in the springtime then. That's pretty cool. So like, yeah, no, they would be like, oh, well, I had HD and I didn't use it. And I'm like, I would make a video and I'll be like, good for you. Yes, literally. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Um, I'm not going to live on survival mode and I have ailments under that. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. can't relate. Like, you don't need to throw it in my face. That doesn't make you better than anyone else. Who cares? Um, exactly. How did like doctors and medical professionals treat you during your pregnancy? Ah, okay. So my first OB, uh, I was four to 17 weeks. I was with her and and she just kept like threatening me. Like she was just saying like, you need to stop, um, or you need to slow down by the time you're 27 weeks. And she, no, not 27. She said 17. 17 27 was had to do something else so she's like you have to stop and I was like what do I do about my anxiety what do I do about the the my previous back pain issues what do I do about my sleep what do I do about what do I do about the vomiting yeah the puke what do I do about the vomiting <laughs> I I like um, on top of everything I was throwing up Every single day. And I was still so early pregnant that everybody was like, oh, it's just morning sickness. I'm like, morning sickness? I'm throwing up, like, every other minute. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, six times in an hour. Like, I can't. Yeah. That feeling of having to, like, or that feeling of knowing that it's something's off. Like, something is, this is more than morning sickness. But then not being able to communicate it to anyone around you is, like, a whole other level of lo- loneliness. <laughs> Yes. No. So my partner, um, he, he would see it. Like I would pass out from the vomiting and I would start throwing up blood and I was getting blood clots from all these other issues. And it was just, I would go in, I was, it was in the hospital every day, Wow. every day I would get discharged. And then that night I would end up back because I would start throwing up so violently and nobody was helping me. They would give me fluids. They would pump me up with Zofran and I would feel so sick and it wasn't working. And 
I started using my medicine again and I was just like, I feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, so they did end up giving you like some Zofran. Hey, did they did they offer it to you as like something to take home? Like that would help or just yes. Um, they gave me Zofran, they gave me Regulin, they gave me B6, but I'm lactose intolerant and B6 has milk in it. <laughs> um I did not know that actually. <laughs> they gave me they gave me a few like they gave me a lot. Like I I can't even begin to name all of them. Right. And I I would take them cuz my boyfriend would be like, "Look, you need to try." And I'm like, "But these are so many pills." Like I I already have issues with taking pills as is. So like the fact that I had to take so many and I was throwing up and I would throw up the pills like it just wasn't it yeah, wasn't that's, working. That's like <laughs> the biggest issue is when you take pills, like they don't stay in an HG mom's stomach at all, like pretty much at all. <laughs> no, because you can't even eat. So you don't, you, you have to eat with those things. You can't even eat. Right. And then on top of you, like I'd be throwing up just water and I'd be throwing up nothing. I wouldn't eat anything and still throw up. Yes. Yep. 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 I can relate <laughs> for sure. Like, it was so bad. So she didn't like it for some reason. She didn't want me to um smoke anymore and i was like you know what i can't do this you're threatening like to say that if i test positive at the hospital that you're gonna call cps on me like you're straight just telling me that right, right? and that was something that i was just like no i'm not dealing with this i have my medical card i'm using it for a fucking reason and what you're giving me i apologize i didn't mean to curse <laughs> okay totally fine you you gave me you gave me you're giving me all these pills that aren't working i'm telling you i'm calling you every day you see that i'm in the hospital every day and it's not working. And what I'm using is working. And it's alleviating it. You know, some days I wouldn't throw up. And some days I would throw up only like once or twice, which is better than 10, right. 20, 30, 40 times a day. So, no, I'm not listening to anymore. So I stopped seeing her. And I went to nobody else. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, I went to one doctor before that, Sarah. Um, I'm just, just going to call her Sarah because I don't want to give her full name. But I went to her between um i nine weeks because she i had my first ultrasound at nine weeks and i was only there for three weeks before i, I had to move to the other ob mm -hmm. sorry it was 12 weeks to 17 weeks my brain's like a little <laughs> so, so this one was before your ob yes but i was considered high risk because of all the vomiting <laughs> okay okay right so right. she had to move me to a high risk doctor and that doctor was brutal to me Wow. Wow. I can't believe that. Even as a high risk doctor, they were still completely dismissing you. Yes. So I just stopped going to them. I just never made an appointment again. Fair enough. <laughs> so then um, you did you deliver in hospital with just like a random doctor? Like, how did that work? Okay. So um, it still got pretty bad as I got more pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh and it like it didn't get any better. Like yeah, it um, my plant medicine helped me, but it it could only do so much. Yeah, but I it definitely <laughs> limited. It it limited my 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 illness. I still lost sixty pounds. Yeah. Um, I was still throwing up blood and still passing out. Uh, not throwing up blood as much though. Like right. it wasn't. It would happen once in a while, and if it did, I went to the hospital. It essentially would have been more way more worse, like more than 60 pounds, more blood vomited if you didn't use plant medicine, right? Yes. I couldn't leave bed. I couldn't do anything. So I just stopped going. Um, and towards the end, um, I had my doula. I met my doula on TikTok. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a cool part of your story. You had a doula. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I met my, I met my doula 20, 22 weeks, but I don't think she became my doula like full, full time until 28. Okay. Yeah. Maybe before that. I can't, I can't quite remember when she came in it was in my second trimester though how did, um how did she kind of help you was it was it an online doula or in person in person she happened to oh, cool. live nearby she popped up my for you page and I was like can I know more and I got a doula oh that's amazing yeah she know she's great she even cut the baby's cord and everything cool um <laughs> so yeah so are you got your doula and then what about the hospital experience who like delivered your baby there Okay, so I I went um because I had an appointment. Um I started seeing because I had to go to the hospital. I forgot what happened. I went to the hospital for something and they were like, You've had no prenatal care since when? And I was like, since I was like, I don't know, 17 weeks. And they were like, Okay. <laughs> um, so 
they were looking at my chart. I was passing out. Um, I have had, I had a blood clot. Um, so they were like, look, we're going to be your OB team from now on. And it was the hospital who said that the labor and delivery team, they said, we're going to take you on as a patient. They don't really do that. Ah. Um, so they did, and they did ultrasounds. I was in the hospital for maybe four or five days. Um, just for them to do testing, genetic testing. Like they, they, they did everything, every ultrasound. They made sure I was on the monitor. They wanted to check this baby out. Then I got sent home. They were like, okay, it's okay if you still use. They didn't really care. They said, if that's what helps you, okay. And I was like, all right. Um, they were like, you know, you do understand that if you do test positive, well, if the baby tests positive, not if I tested positive, they said that we, you know, by law we have to. And I was like, that's fine. Um, I, by that point, by the end of my pregnancy, I already knew everything I needed to know with my state. My state was legal recreationally. Um, and it was legal medically. Obviously I already had my medical card. I was using it as prescribed still plus to alleviate my symptoms. Um, so I already knew that, like we already had everything set up for that. I wasn't worried about CPS or any of that. Um, and it, I was I was prepared when I gave birth at the hospital. Um, it was a, not that long of a labor when I went to my appointment. Um, I had low amniotic fluid, so they were like, "You're giving birth today." And I was like 41 weeks and four days, <laughs> three days. Um, so I was like overdue at that point. And they were trying to induce me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't want to be induced. Um, I don't want to go naturally. And they were like, okay, uh, I had to be induced anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and when I got induced, uh, I had the tosin. Um, <laughs> it didn't work for the first couple of hours. I called my doula. My doula came because she was seeing me my whole pregnancy. And she obviously, she's a content creator herself and I'm a content creator. So, you know, we were doing that at the same time. Um, And she was amazing. She was a bulldog. Like they hated her in labor and delivery because she she made sure that, you know, you know your rights, you know what you're doing. Like you don't need to listen to them. Hospital policy is not law. Right, right. So Um, I want to just quickly tell everyone what state you're located in. I am located in New Jersey, um, in the United States. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you know, like it's, it, it went, it went amazing. Um, it was a little scary. She was having some issues. Uh, that was just due to her umbilical cord. And I pushed her out in two pushes, four pushes, four pushes. Aww. The two pushes were practice pushes. Yeah. So I, 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 it was still four pushes. Um, and I was I was just amazed because my little rainbow was here and her heard her crying and I was like, oh my God. And I was really, I was really determined with the breastfeeding man. I was really determined because right. I was collecting colostrum beforehand. Ah, okay. Okay. So did do you think like doing that helped um production a little bit? I really do. I really do. You know, like I was really nervous with the HG that I wasn't gonna be able to. Um and especially like I was just throwing up every day, so I really couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. But once I, st- I started producing at 15 weeks, I noticed leaking. I was like, okay, I might take advantage of this later. And I think I was 30 weeks when I decided to start collecting. I told my boyfriend when I was 28 weeks, I was like, look, I want to get syringes. I want to get little bags and I want to make sure I have markers so I can write the dates and save colostrum. And he was like, that's fine. I started hand expressing and I didn't get much. Um, I got like five milliliters throughout the whole day. Okay. So yeah. I would freeze it put it away. And I kept doing that. And I would make sure I would take my plant medicine and I wouldn't throw up for like a couple of days with my plant medicine sometimes. So, and even if I did, it wasn't the worst. Right. Right. Um, that's so cool how you were able to kind of start your, uh, like freezer stock early. That's really cool. (laughs) Yes. I had a hundred milliliters when I gave birth and it, it, it was, it was great to have. And plus my doula nurses already, 
So worst case scenario, I would just have her nurse my baby. I don't care. I'm not that type of person. And that's, well, that's something so many people don't uh, realize. And that that's a thing is that back in the day, like back (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of years ago, like that's what women did when they couldn't feed their babies. They had, they relied on other women, which I think is beautiful and completely gone from society almost now. Yeah, it breaks my heart. (laughs) It breaks Um, my heart. Yes. And okay, so speaking on that, um, you've had a successful breastfeeding journey. You were able to start collecting early. Now, I know that there's something that you've kind of been doing extra to help moms uh, who might be also struggling or who might be struggling with breastfeeding or whatever. And so do you want to maybe tell everyone about that? So, yeah, um, I had my friend, I, I started pumping uh with my breastfeeding madeline exclusively feeds from my breast like she doesn't get a bottle (laughs) um and i started pumping for extra because i said that's what i wanted to do i wanted to be able to pump and i wanted to be able to donate to other canna moms um because i i just i i had this like feeling i was really determined to do this i was and if i couldn't that was okay but I started pumping and I started pumping a lot extra. And obviously since Madeline was only feeding for my breast, I started saving up on a lot of milk. Um, and one of my friends, she needed milk on TikTok. I made her, I was friends with her on TikTok because we were pregnant at the same time. Mm-hmm. And she lived in PA uh, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, so, which was the next state. Oh, okay. Yeah. Over. So that wasn't so far. So I was like, if you want milk, I can give you milk. And she was like, I would really appreciate that. So she came over and I was like, take all the milk you want. She emptied my freezer. Um, I had uh, 320 ounces of milk that I gave her. Wow, that's incredible. Um, And from there, I just started donating milk to moms. And I've donated over 2,000 ounces at this point. Gosh, that is so incredible. Yeah, just over this last Christmas, I donated... um, 1,280 ounces. Wow, wow, wow. So I was just, I'm really excited that I'm able to do that. I'm so excited to be able to just hear your story about it. And I hope (laughs) other moms listening might realize that this is an option for them, um, whether they be on either end, uh, like a mom who is successfully producing and can help others, or maybe a mom um, and as we all know in the HG community, this is so common. And my experience was this was struggling to breastfeed. Um, yes. So, yeah, having if I would have known a little bit more information, I think I would have definitely considered um, donor milk. I just the the place I live is mm-hmm. so untalked about. Everything is like it's really hard to get information like this. I guess, and that's why I'm so grateful for TikTok and the internet. But um yeah I think that that is such a beautiful beautiful thing that you did I it's it's something that's not known as an option no one talks about it it's not even talked about over here like look everybody has their different experiences and me personally I am very pro breastfeeding but I'm very pro supported Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you need every every mother needs support I am pro breastfeeding I'm not anti anything right right I I think that it should just be as an option no one told anybody that's an option i was talking with family members and they were like oh i didn't know they were like you know when i struggled they just told me here formula and i was just like huh like for, i it's it's donor milk can be so helpful with babies with like hurting stomachs yeah. and nobody knows that it's an option and that you don't need to live paycheck to paycheck trying to afford baby's formula Exactly. Some moms are really just out there and they want to donate the milk or sell it cheaper than what you would get. And they provide you with medical records and they provide you with the with the security that you need when they right. do donate. Right. Exactly. Oh, and I think uh, TikTok and you sharing your journey about this, like, you know, if it's just like a five second TikTok of you talking about uh, donor milk, I think that has the power to... And like change people's perspectives right away and be like, oh, this is a thing. Like, I think that's so powerful. It's 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 amazing. I know a couple of my friends are exclusively relying on donor milk. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's 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 nice because they're just like, you know, like I didn't know this was an option. And it's really helpful, especially those who are struggling. Yeah, that's right. Um, so for uh with breastfeeding. Did you ever struggle with like any mental health 
aspects of it, or maybe even like HG mental health aspects like postpartum. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit or not. Oh yeah, no, no problem. Um, I didn't per se suffer from postpartum. I do suffer from the mental aspects of HG though. Okay. Um, I, I have this immense fear of throwing up and I find myself on the opposite end of the spectrum. I, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I think I have disorderly eating from HG. Okay. Um, I find myself when there's food, I just have to eat it. (laughs) I have to eat it because I might throw it up. If I don't eat now, I'm not going to be able to eat later and I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to throw it all up. So I need to eat. So I just, I eat till I'm full. My stomach hurts. Yeah. Because uh, I told, I do understand that because I think it's our brains telling us like we were in survival mode for so long that it just sticks with us even when the physical symptoms are not there anymore. And the the impact on our brains is is crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And that's something that I definitely struggle with. Like, I, I need to relax sometimes because I'm just like, why am I still eating all this food? I'm going to make myself even more sick. I need to relax. I need to stop. But I can't help it because that's how my brain was wired in pregnancy. Like, eat now, eat now. I take my plant medicine. And after I take my plant medicine, I just eat. Yeah, yeah. I just I just eat because I'm gonna be nauseous soon and I, I need to I need to feed my baby. Wow. No, that's that's amazing. For me, like the munchies kind of stopped working. It was strange. Um, but once I consumed, like as I've talked about, I, I consume magic mushrooms too, and that actually brought the munchies of cannabis back. It was it was a- really yeah. <laughs> but I was at the point where just cannabis was not like working for my appetite anymore. It's crazy, like about eight months postpartum or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say next? Um, oh, yes. Has Madeline started solids at all? Yes. <laughs> um, find, like, she struggles with that at all. Like I personally, I did struggle with that just because of that um, disordered eating and just the fear of food kind of thing. Um, maybe you can talk on your own experience with that. So with me, um, even with the disordered eating, it it came in my favor, I guess, because I needed to eat to feed my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I think that's where I really struggled with the HD as well, because I felt like I needed to eat. And with that, I I I just I fed her. So I just I was like, okay, I'm gonna give her food too. So right. that way I can just introduce her and that way when she's with the breastfeeding, I can do the both. And it, it's with the it, it's come with anxiety mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say yeah I think breastfeeding has definitely been a positive thing for you in terms of appetite is that fair to say <laughs> that's that's fair to say it's definitely helped in terms of appetite because you feel hungry like you, ha- you have to feed her anyway so like I I was just like okay like it's either that or we're gonna be broke from buying formula all the time <laughs> right, right. <laughs> if I can get donor milk because donor milk's really weird over here <laughs> yeah, the mo- the motivation to eat is there because oh yes because so in HG we have the motivation like to eat even though we don't want to because we know we're growing a baby. But then mm-hmm. for myself when I stopped breastfeeding at 4 months postpartum, I no longer had that motivation to eat because I wasn't feeding my baby if that makes sense. So then when it comes Yeah, I know what you mean. That when it comes to just me, I like neglected myself completely. And so it became easier to not eat. And it so I think I think breastfeeding is actually like a very positive thing because it keeps that motivation up almost. <laughs> yes, it really does. Because you're like trying, like yeah. it, 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 because your mental health becomes so bad. And I, this shows the full face of HG here because look how when you stopped, you were just like, I can't anymore. And the HD affected you differently than if it affected me. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to eat because of all the vomiting. I I had to eat because I, I I felt like I was dying, and we felt like we were sick. We were we were growing our babies, and we were trying to feed our babies. Right. It's so I, interesting how there's different experiences, but both still so tricky. <laughs> yes, it's 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 such a struggle, yeah. and. It it it's a voice. We're 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 being a voice to all HG moms because look, like it 
it's it's horrible. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. HG is horrible. <laughs> I I know so many women who say like I would never wish this on my worst enemy. You know. <laughs> no, I would never because it affects everyone so bad. I've seen. I've even seen so many videos of moms losing their babies. Yes, exactly. Because of HG, I've heard premature premature um labor and i it's it's hg people don't realize how horrible it is and underdiagnosed it is yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all around <laughs> it's just it, it's and they don't take us seriously when the plant medicine works they just think they just throw it off as oh like you can't stop for nine months you know and with just like drug addicts so much yes like they people need to stop the stigma it's it's such a problem it's so annoying like i'm don't call me a druggie yes i could have stopped using but i had to survive i would have lost my baby i could have lost myself it was that bad it's so crazy how like history plays a part in the rhetoric that we were all taught about cannabis i don't know did growing up um what was your outlook on cannabis uh, here's a fun question, maybe. When's the first time you tried cannabis? <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to answer both. With the first, um, cannabis, very cannabis-friendly household. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yes, I grew up in New York City um, and in New Jersey. So um, my mother was very New York, and she it helped her. Honestly, it helped with her mental health. I don't have a lot of positive things to say about my mother, but it definitely helped with her mental because she needed to relax. Um, my All my siblings consume cannabis for uh, medical reasons as well and for recreational reasons. Um, all of my family does it. Everybody does it. Very positive, friendly. But they all judged me when I was pregnant and doing it because there was still that stigma there. Like, oh, like what? You don't care? Like, oh, you know, you can stop, right? And I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. They didn't, I didn't start using till I was 15. Um, and that wasn't frequent. That was, I tried it once at my brother's birthday. Um, and I was like, okay, like it really helped with my mental. Cause I, I struggled with mental health really bad as a teenager. I didn't have it the best. So I was always in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they always put me on a bunch of pills all the time. Uh, a lot of psych meds and it wasn't working. Uh, and I had a lot of mental health struggles, uh, growing up. Um, and when I did try it, like, yeah, it was a little dopey and whatever, but after I relaxed and I was on my own, I was, and my brain was quiet for like the first time. I didn't really have anxiety. I didn't really have any issues. And I was like, you know, like, this is nice. And I would do it here and there in my teenagehood because, again, I still struggled with mental health and I didn't see that as an option, you know, and it wasn't legal then, I think, either. Yeah. Um, but then when I was 18, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to ask my doctor. And I did. And then I ended up getting a medical card uh, through this website um, where we had to talk to a doctor. You had to get evaluated, put why you needed to get it. Um you know, you had to pay the fee for the application, <laughs> for the application to the state. I went, I did the legal way. I did. I wanted to do it the legal way. Right. Um, I'm just saying, because here I have my medical card too, and it was free. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you guys got free healthcare. <laughs> yeah, shitty, shitty healthcare, but yes, <laughs> kind of. Um, oh. Do you get like um, a discount with a medical card on cannabis? I do. So it didn't become legal recreationally until last year. Oh my gosh, that's right. So it is new. I got it right before it was legal. When I turned 18, I got it. And I just, I walked right into the dispensary. I was really young. So everybody was looking at me because <laughs> <laughs> everybody was older. So I didn't really see anybody my age. And I walked in, I had my medical card. I was like, here, thank you. I got a discount. Um, but I couldn't buy wraps or anything unless it was there because no smoke shop was going to sell it with me, even if I had the medical card. Interesting. Oh yeah, because you have to be 21, right? 
Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they changed it right before I turned 19. They were um, like, mm, we're going to change it to 21. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so crazy here where I live. We're like the only province in Canada, but we're 18 is our legal age here. Really lucky. <laughs> Yeah, it was 18 before I was like 15 and it was 18. But then the second I turned 18 was about to turn 19. They made it to 21. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's so funny. So I couldn't even buy it anywhere. But my boyfriend's older than me, too. So he just bought it for me. So it wasn't so bad. Does your partner consume cannabis? No, he does not. No, like ever. Nope. <laughs> no, he supports me, though. He does. He knows it helps with my mental health. He sees it. He can see the difference. That's amazing. Yeah, but he he doesn't he doesn't like it. He was like, I don't like the way my eyes feel, so he just doesn't ever use it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, was your partner there for you during like HG and stuff? Did he understand? Was he? I don't know. What was he was thoughts? <laughs> he was there the whole way. Um, he he really was. He he saw it. He saw how how horrible it made me. And you know, I we went borderline broke because of it. Like it was really bad and he was with me. He stuck with me the whole way. He, um, he was like, look, we're going to get you your medicine. We're going to get you right. We're going to make sure you feel good. He took care of me. He encouraged me to get out of bed because I was really depressed when I was pregnant. I had post, I definitely had a prenatal depression and it was, oh God, it was, it was so, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't leave the bed. I wouldn't shower. I wouldn't do anything. And I was pregnant. So like he was trying so hard. I would only get up to throw up. I peed on myself. Like it was so bad with HG and he, he stuck with me the whole way. He made sure I took my medicine. He made sure I eat when I didn't want to eat. Oh, um, did you have a, like a good, like safe food during HG that you could eat? Well, watermelon, watermelon. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a classic. <laughs> watermelon. Watermelon was my favorite. I, I guess. To come up. <laughs> uh, it was terrible to throw up. But it is right. a little bit more watery. So it was not not as horrible compared to like spaghetti. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Spaghetti is oh, miserable. I Fruits in general. I just really fruits were like my best friend. I was fruits and vegetables my whole pregnancy. Me as well. And like a lot of like vegetable based soups, like where it was just like broth and veggies. Like uh, we have a place called Edo here. It's like a little Japanese takeout place. And mm-hmm. I would just like just vegetable soup where it was just a bunch of fresh veggies thrown in broth and it was amazing (laughs) oh like vegetables fruits and vegetables were my like best friend although I did have a McDonald's phase for a while I did early pregnancy it was it was McDonald's all the way McD's that was my thing yeah anything that gets down is is good (laughs) oh 100 percent. but no fruits and vegetables were like what I would literally I think I ate like 80 melons in my whole pregnancy (laughs) 80 melons, no joke, 80 watermelons. I, like me and my boyfriend were trying to do the math on it because he would buy me two watermelons every other day because I would cut the watermelon in half and just, and just spoon it whenever I could. <laughs> awesome. I, I'm like picturing just sitting there with like a half of a watermelon and a spoon and just like shoveling it into my mouth. I think that's what I'm yes, that, Yeah, I think I have some videos up still on my old profile, the Canna Mama's drama page yes i think i have videos i'm like burping i'm just so disgustingly pregnant and eating half a watermelon that's so funny yeah watermelon is such a good one um postpartum did you have any like i guess really good foods that got those calories into you for breastfeeding oh uh yeah so i i i think i i think i indulge in starch a lot (laughs) um I I rely on starch I rely on vegetables um I really do I eat a lot of vegetables so I'm vegan now oh cool um so like broccoli asparagus spinach brussels sprouts Mm -hmm. um quinoa lentils rice uh I do pasta periodically I make my own pesto sauce um I make my own tomato sauce um Different types of meals. I've made mac and cheese, uh, buffalo, uh, cauliflower buffalo um, bites. Like, I, I, I've i been making a lot of veggie, high veggie food. <laughs> That's so cool. Something I found, like, so helpful was postpartum and, like, connecting with all of you moms online was noticing that HG moms like to post what they make for dinner, like, pretty often. Like, I've noticed on Instagram. And I love it. <laughs> 
I love it so much because I know that like they have similar kind of taste buds to me sometimes. And mm-hmm. I know that they are like working so hard to get that meal made. And I'm just like, oh, thank you for your inspiration. <laughs> Like we're we're trying so hard to feed ourselves here. So like I've been trying like new recipes, looking at recipe books postpartum. Um, it's been so helpful. Like I'm trying to have re- a good relationship with food, although I do stuff myself periodically. I have to catch myself. Um, but I've gotten so much better postpartum with the eating. Um, the first like two three months I was really struggling, but I'm I I definitely am better with my eating. That's awesome. Yeah, she really just makes you kind of reconfigure the way you feed yourself (laughs) oh gosh yeah I don't weird is a good word I don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know what you mean craziness is what it is actually (laughs) changes your whole eating patterns yes brain changes our body change like oh my gosh our mental health sometimes changed (laughs) yeah my my mental health is it's not again I wouldn't call it postpartum related because it was pre-existing pre-pregnancy and during um but it's I've seen myself struggling a bit more um it it really is due to the HD I I I have really I have bad fear of vomiting it's so bad because anything and everything used to trigger it before and I'm having it without the physical response I'm not throwing up physically but I'm the fear of throwing up in pregnancy is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I get that for sure. It's so it's, it's still there. And that's why I can't stop talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) I have a good question to kind of end this off. So now that 2022 is over and we started to see like some more moms start telling their truth about HG, what are your hopes for the year 2023? What do you hope like us moms, us HG can moms can, you know, accomplish or promote? I hope that we make some difference. I I really I really hope something is come is starting like things are going to start coming from it. Like I hope that, you know, for the moms in the US, it be, can become a non-punishable crime in most states. You know, I I hope that we can get the message out there and I hope that, you know, maybe we can start moving things along to make a movement. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like this can this can help so many people. Like I was talking with my boyfriend about how I I want to protest the certain laws in place that have to do with cannabis and pregnancy and cannabis parents because people use it recreationally. It's you know, it's a thing here, but people use it medically. I think that there should be, you know, doctors with your regular doctors who can prescribe cannabis as an option. They're medicated on every type of pill out there and they have education on cannabis here as well, at least in my state. And I think that should be offered within other states here. Yeah, I think so. I think that we can make a change where, you know, they're it's legal here. You can still pharmaceuticals can still go about using it. Maybe you try to put it in. A, a tablet form, a liquid gel form, you know, where we can consume it. I, I want to make a difference that that's an option, at least in pregnancy, you know? I agree so much. And I think um, me living in Canada and you being in New Jersey, at like a more, I guess, northernish state, um, I feel my heart really goes out to moms in southern states where everything just seems to be so ass backwards. Um, oh gosh, yes, I I terrible stories out there and in the Midwest over here. Yes, yes, I, I'm sure you've heard from lots of moms reaching out um, to you for help. Like, how am I gonna get through this CPS involvement or this like threatening of everything? You know. <laughs> yes, and it, I I've had a few moms uh, message me on how to go about things, when to stop, when to do this, and honestly, I really I try I with my followers and with people and other moms who struggle with HD, I really go out of my way sometimes because I have the time right now. (laughs) I can do that. Uh, I would research their state. I would research their laws. I would research um, what they can and cannot do about it in regards to the police interactions or CPS interactions, what they can and cannot do. And I try to give them that information. Like, look, it is not punishable. They cannot take your kid away for you just using cannabis, but maybe, you know, try to relax, don't use it as often after 
giving birth so that way you can get them off of your case and you can go about your day. And I'm really trying to just like, look, like just be informed of your, be informed. I try to just let them know that I can't tell them what to do because I don't, I just don't want to do that because I I don't, I don't want to, I don't want anything to go wrong in general. Exactly. I think I try to just tell them to be informed, like know your rights, know what you can and cannot do and be affirmative on this is why I used it. Mm -hmm. I, my brain is always kind of thinking in terms of like resources because of this lack of information and this information sometimes only gets said in conversations like we're having right now. And so I wonder if like it would be possible this year, 2023 to like produce almost a resource about each state's like legalities almost. I don't know. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that should be known everywhere. So I think if I'm definitely going to come back to you and pick your brain on it. Cause I also, I don't go usually as far as like looking up all the different laws, but I have a general knowledge about what they can and can't do. And so I try to tell moms kind of like based on that and kind of like you, like I go out of my way to like have those conversations with them, but I think Mm -hmm. we need like a central, a central information sheet almost. I know I've been wanting to like look at doing something with other HD moms. I just, I definitely, I've been wanting to talk to you, Delaney, Hannah. I've been wanting to talk to a few people about it um, on maybe like putting up a website or something to like give that information out there. I have a lot of information. I have like Google Docs of like studies and certain things. And I'm sure doing, re- I, I love doing stuff like that. That's just something I like doing. Oh my God. But that definitely sounds something like I want to make a change with something. I yeah. do. How cool. And especially you- since like I'm going to school. Well, not school. I'm I'm doing certain I want to be a doula and a lactation consultant. So information, just a mom website for HD moms, postpartum, just can of moms. And I think that that should be a resource out there. I just I agree. I think it'd be super cool to have like uh, you with your knowledge, me with my knowledge, and the other moms on TikTok uh, who talk about this with their knowledge. Could you imagine all like five to 10 of our brains in the same like video call and the things that we could produce? Holy oh my God. I, 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 I can see something so amazing coming from that. Right? How come I've never thought of this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, have a, I have so many ideas in my head. <laughs> You know what? Now that we've like talked about this, I'm going to start maybe piecing a little meeting together or something. I know everyone is busy in their own way, but I know that we could like make it happen if we gave everyone enough of a heads up. (laughs) 100%. Cool. I think that's something we should definitely do in 2023. Get all of our brains together. (laughs) Even if we, even if we just have the idea out there, I would be happy about it. Exactly. I'd be happy about it because it's something that could be worked on. And that's something that takes a little bit of time. But with a little bit of time, you can make such a big change for things. I agree. Thank you so much, Clarissa, for talking with me today. This has been such a wonderful conversation that we've had. Of course, no problem. HG moms are some of the bravest women I know. We were built from darkness and had to rise above. We were given little help, resources, or community by those in charge of our care, but we created it ourselves once we could unite through the internet and tell our stories, where we could tell the truth about plant medicine and surviving HG.